Welcome to episode 237 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hello. It is Monday night, April 23rd, and tonight we're celebrating 80 years of Superman with a review of Action Comics 1000, the oversized comic released by DC Comics last Wednesday. But before we get into Action Comics 1000, we're going to do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley and a little Justice League the Movie Talk. McSauce.com, the home of all of our works. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Just type in MCSOSS, and I'm pretty sure that we're going to pop up. We also have a YouTube page, and if you want to go back in the old archives... Um, and check out the the shows from years gone by. Type in uh, mixsaucepodcast.libsyn.com. It'll bring up the archives of all of our old shows. So I listened to the, the beginning of the first episode recently. Oh, yeah? Like, I was telling you guys that I was sick for the last week, and uh, so that gave me a chance to do things like play guitar a little bit i tried to read didn't do very well it was like uh like sleeping pills yeah. um maybe it was the book that you were reading could be we're gonna talk about that uh i watched some movies and i listened to part of the very first episode we ever did right there off of uh libsyn and wow is it funny to to, to go back listen to the way we started you know how Paul comes in, he's like, welcome to episode 237. Well, I think the way it started was, I'm like, so uh, who wants to do the introductions here? Like, that was in our podcast. It yeah. was a shit show. It's hilarious. We didn't have anything figured out. We didn't talk about how we were going to do it. I think the first episode, we just kind of talk about how, how did we get into comics? And yeah, that was like how did we get into it. comics? Which I think was a good way to start the show, but... Um, there was no polish on we went, what we were doing. Do you guys remember we met at Chili's uh, mm -hmm. like a week or so before we actually hit the record button and we kind of talked about what we were going to do? Um, if I'm not mistaken, we essentially did a dry run of the podcast. We sort of talked for like an hour before we actually hit record and like then, we do every week yeah but but we covered the same shit that we talked about on the podcast but i don't anyway, remember that all that clearly, i don't remember that either. i i, I believe junk, you I, I i'm pretty sure i'm telling the truth I and believe you. and uh but it's very amusing to go back and listen to that first episode i didn't go back any further than that but um for any like serious McSauce fans, go and listen to that if uh, if you want to get if a little chuckle. Dare. If you dare, all of the Halloween ones I can vouch for as being really funny because we they hold up. We we go out of our way to scare ourselves, and I, I feel like those are some of our best works are the Halloween episodes. Yeah, just like Roseanne, right? The Halloween episodes are the ones that. Just stand that test of time, Paul. We used that old tried and true template of Roseanne. The Roseanne template. There's a lot of gems out there, and I, I I think if you've 
if you've been with if you've been with us from the beginning, you're getting a much richer podcast experience by the time you're listening to episode 237. That that's true. And, you know, we've done more than 237 episodes. Let me tell you that. It's true. We are conservative in our number counting. We did the uh remember when we debated another podcast? We debated them into extinction, I believe. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Uh, that's a good one. That's on Libsyn too, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the majority of the episodes are on Libsyn. So that's a good one. That one is called the Pittsburgh Pod Races. Um, I think that was in like October of 2015, somewhere around there. If I believe so. if you if you listeners are saying, "Ugh, Libsyn," I need to go somewhere else to listen to podcasts, and that turns you off. Uh, I argue that it does not because I've recently had to turn to Libsyn for my You Made It Weird fix because I'm not caught up on You Made It Weird and they're not on Nerdist anymore, the Pete Holmes podcast, not with Nerdist, so I've had to turn to Libsyn and it's just as easy as going to any other podcast outlet. So if you want to go back and listen to some old McSauce episodes, rate and review some McSauce episodes, rate and review, rate and review us anywhere you listen to podcasts and one thing that's a great idea one thing that we've always been really great at is naming the episodes we usually come up with the names as we're sitting here and doing the podcast and if something comes up that's extra ridiculous we'll kind of text it to each other i'm sure you've heard us text each other on the podcast but um, i'm going through and i'm looking at the hundreds and I'm scrolling down. And I was like, oh, I wonder what episode 100 was. Probably named something really awesome because coming down, we, we've got 103, the naked gun of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 101, ah, Dooku's a great guy. And I I'm mean, like, he number, is. episode 100, Matt has fish. <laughs> cool. <laughs> hey, I still do. I have, I have two fish. I have a, like an orange one and a blue one. And an algae eater. So Episode two hundred nine, a toucan to kill for. <laughs> We're stop, really great. Stop what you're listening to right now, and go back and listen to a toucan to kill for, because that is one of our greatest bits. I forgot about it until you brought up that episode name. We do some of our best work in a toucan to kill for. It's about uh, cereal brands and their mascots. So yeah, if if. If you ha- you've been a little hesitant to dive into the archives, you think that you know everything that we're about, you need to go back and listen to our humble beginnings. What episode is that? Uh, 209. That's your homework, Mixos casters. <laughs> there, there will be a test. So what are we talking about tonight? Was that housekeeping? The house is, is clean. I think housekeeping ended a while ago. ago. Uh, We're going to get in Action Comics 1000 tonight. But first, before we start our recording, Matt's been sick. He's been laid up on the couch. He watched Justice League. I watched... Here, let me... Can I just talk for a second? take it away. I watched, in order, Independence Day. I don't know how I ended up with these three movies. Independence Day... I don't know why I chose it, but I did. It wasn't just a 
channel thing. No, this is all on, like this is shit that I have I've on got my a Apple hankering. TV. I got for a hankering for some Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum is so good in that movie. By the it's way, fantastic. And you know what? So is Bill Pullman. I argue everyone is great in that movie. You know what? You'd be you'd be right. Which usually when you argue, but in this case, you're right. I went, th- you know, it's funny when, when that movie came out, I think I was like 16 years old and I went through this short phase of about a year where I was like, this is like the best movie since star Wars. Well, hmm. okay. Maybe not, but, um, it's pretty good. And then I kind of turned my back on it cause I was like, this is kind of ridiculous. And then having revisited it 20 years later, it's actually really good. It's very enjoyable. It's, you know, pretty cheesy and everything, but it's really, but it's, really but fun to watch. But it's cheesy in the best ways. It's like pure popcorn movie. The nineties were the heyday of the popcorn movie, right? And this was um, there were so many like disaster movies to follow after this. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, um, the the this particular summer that this came out, um, it would have been uh, July fourth to uh, to it was July fourth, nineteen ninety six. That same summer, about two months prior to that, the movie Twister came out. Coincidentally, my mother's favorite movie. I don't guess Twister's just... Twister's a good movie. Should it be anyone's favorite movie though? Every movie is someone's favorite movie. That might be true. What's the worst movie you can think of right off the top of your head? Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth is someone's favorite movie. Someone on Amazon right now is writing a five-star review for Battlefield Earth. I dare you to find a five-star review on Amazon for Battlefield Earth and read it. Twister was not even my favorite movie of that year. I can't remember watching Twister, to be honest. Really? I know I've seen it. I saw it like two two or three times in the theater. I thought it was awesome. I never saw Twister till it was on TV, but really, I, I I always loved Twister. Yeah, it it's I probably like Twister better than Independence Day. I think it's more mm. fun. Eh, that's a that's a, uh, I I no, I I can't subscribe no, to that. No, but like Twister also great popcorn movie. It, yeah, right. All the acting solid. You know. Well, is the acting solid? Remember, Bill Paxton is the lead in this movie. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to show you some clips of Bill Paxton in that movie. And but... he he basically delivers a line. when he, Whenever he gets up in Carrie Ewell's face, what's his real name? Carrie Elwes? Elwes. Elwes? Carrie Elwes? Elwes? Not Ewell's. Not Ewell's. <laughs> so he gets in his face mm-hmm. and, he, and he accuses him of stealing the tornado tracking technology Dorothy, um, and he says to him, "You, you took her, you damn thief!" And then he lips, he, like he mouths the, the same words that he just said over again. I'm like they left that in the movie. Not Bill Pullman's fault. No, Bill, because not Bill, Bill Pullman's Paxton's, not in that movie. Not Bill Paxton's fault. So, and and if it was over the top acting by Bill Paxton, that's like Nick Cage over-the-top acting. Like, you can't... Those are actors, the same with Christopher Walken. You can't fault them for going too hard 
out of line. Like that's that's part of their bit. Is it? Yeah. Well, I don't that's think part of their charm. I don't think there's much excuse for like mouthing the words. Oh, yeah, after you I don't. Send them. But that's not. That's I'll not show Bill you. Paxton's I'll show fault. you. That's that's editing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like I, I feel like I don't know Bill Paxton as an over actor in the same. He's a he's not an over actor. He's a big actor. Yeah, what I mean, f- like, what is the yeah. difference? It, I I cannot wait to hear the difference between I guess there overacting. Isn't. I guess, like, I guess there is big. Yeah, Nick Matt, I, I can't argue. Walking are fill the room, scene chewing mania, and Bill Paxton not not. Like I don't know. That. Watch weird. Watch weird science. Yeah, he he over he chews a little scenery there. Okay, I don't think in the same fucking class as Nick Cage. I was who is I, I, I was using clear cut Christopher Walken. I was using clear examples. No, for Matt, my point. Yes, you think you think Christopher Walken overdoes it to the degree that Nicolas Cage overdoes. Nobody. He might be, no, he might be number two, but he's a in the distant same class. number two. So Matt watched Independence Day. I watched Independence Day. He, you watched. Then I watched Justice League, and then I watched The Avengers, and Matt. Came out with a hot take. His his fever was hot, and his opinions were hot. Justice League is a better movie than Avengers. Yeah, it's just my opinion, but yeah, that's a, what a hot take is. It's yeah, your, it's your incendiary opinion. Yeah. Now everybody's gonna say that that's ridiculous and everything, but really, when was the last time you watched Avengers? Uh, number one. For, for me, it was recently, and I can see where you're coming from with I don't agree with you but I can get to where you're going with Justice League being a better movie so continue I enjoyed both of them I I really was enjoying Avengers a lot but I was really enjoying Justice League a lot too now that was the second time I had seen Justice League Uh, the first was when we saw it in the in the theater actually we didn't see that one together together, but anyway when I saw it in the theater And I just remembered having the same feeling in the theater, which was just like just enjoying myself the entire time. I thought it looked great. I thought the characters were really good. They're very diverse, like the the dynamics of the team. And I, I realized that in this case, they're they're not super accurate analogs to their comic book counterparts, but maybe because I'm not quite as close to the DC characters that really didn't bother me that much. I really liked the interaction of the team and I I just really thought there were so many parts that looked great. I thought the Atlantis stuff looked great. I wonder if it would pick up on the mic if I broke this glass and cut your throat with the shards of it. (laughs) It might. It, it might. Yeah. It might. You could try it. I mean, episode two thirty seven. Matt dies. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what? do you think that maybe some of this opinion? Wait, wait. Is, why? Why oh, am I going to be murdered? What? What? Oh, I ask fucking Paul. I am asking. I am asking Paul. I wouldn't. I wouldn't kill kill you over this. I completely understand what you're saying. The characters uh, do work well together. The way they. You know the the dynamics between each one of them, but they're not the they're not the characters that they're based on. They're 
they're hey we're gonna name we're gonna name these characters who these people are and then we're gonna give them completely different personalities mm-hmm. at least for Barry Allen and Aquaman mm-hmm. Wonder Woman fantastic Cyborg way underrated in that movie just as he should be because he's lucky to be on that fucking team anyway because he just shouldn't be on that fucking team uh Batman fine you know for a Batman. murdering Batman pretty good yeah for a, a, but that's the kind a, of Batman that we've been for a completely addition to accept for a completely inept Batman do you think you know, he was a bumbling Batman a Batman when he's giving away all the bat secrets to some villain on the rooftop in pretty the beginning. Pretty good, Bruce Wayne though. Pretty good. I think. I that, think that like dirty card game is that in Justice League or is that that's Batman Superman. I was kind of wondering about the villain at the very beginning. Like at first, I was like, I guess "Oh, the villain's probably overhyping him." <laughs> oh, that <laughs> cannon fodder. And I'm like, "Oh, like he knows this guy. It was a setup." And then, like, then you realize, wait, no, that was just. A cat burglar, right? Like he was just stealing from from something, and Batman's talking to Alfred in front of him. Yeah, and he's talking about the um, all the secrets, parademons yeah. and everything. I mean, I don't know what secrets you're talking about. I don't think he gave him the passcode to the Batcave. Yeah, cave. and you know, like that that dummy's not going to put together Alfred and Batman. And, Who knows, man? I don't know. People have fucking. Um, phones and can figure shit out yeah like i like, I, I think i think ben affleck could have been a really good bruce wayne and batman but after i i it felt like and this is this is to the point i wanted to get through get to when we started recording uh i think somewhere through the filming of batman v superman he was like yeah this stinks I don't want to do it anymore. Are we reading too much into the stuff that we know behind the scenes? And Why seemed, not? It, we do know all the stuff behind r- the scenes. Right. We do know we, the weak, you know, the weak accept, you know, acceptance that Batman v Superman got. We so know that we that's like, that we saw the, the Hello Darkness, My Old Friend interview with Ben Affleck. <laughs> like, we know he was miserable after that. And it wasn't long after that that he was like, mm, I don't know. It was in the Justice League shooting that he was like, yeah, I might, I might dip on this. Are we? Do we know if he's going to be in the solo Batman film? We don't not, know. Or? I, I'm feeling like he's probably not going to be around. They probably I, I think recast. I don't think he did a bad job. I don't in think any he did of a, his appearances. No, he he didn't do a bad job. Uh, I I think he was he was good. But you know how he feels about it, and I think that that it can affect the performance. You know, if if you're not into it, given um, the right script, the right director, the right movie, Ben Affleck would be an incredible Batman. He was an incredible Batman for times in Batman vs Superman. He was really fucking good at times. Yeah, but I feel like I liked him in Justice League a bunch too. Yeah, he wasn't. It's the problem I had with Ben Affleck in Justice League is that I knew everything going on behind the scenes. But that's I knew, what I'm saying is that I knew fair to put that week, on it doesn't the it, movie. It doesn't matter. It affected me going into that movie a week before Justice League released. He was like, I don't want to be Batman anymore. So going into Justice League, I'm I'm like, oh, this is. Finally, DC's getting it together. 
the biggest star wants out. Like that that affects things whether it should or shouldn't. It's like if your star player the week before a playoff game is like, eh, I might retire. And in the playoff, retire no retire it, retirement's different. Eh, I might explore. I'm using retire. I might as explore. An analog use. For, I know what you're doing. Use free agency. Oh, I might be okay. Sure, fine. I might. I might be a free agent. I might. I might opt out of my contract. But then goes into the playoff game and has a decent playoff game. They still lose, but <laughs> your opinion of their performance is forever going to be tainted by what they said. Before the game happened, not based on their performance on the field, and I think that's what you're doing right now. Yeah, that's exactly what happened is with that, me and Ben Affleck in Justice League. Is that fair? Because it's not judging the performance on its own merits; it's taking all the other outside bullshit and putting it on top of the performance. I don't think he's a bad Batman or Bruce Wayne. I don't think he was bad in Justice League. I think there are plenty of things wrong with Justice League outside of Ben Affleck. But the point of why I wanted to talk about this before we started recording, which was like a billion years ago, was the way (laughs) Ben Affleck handled himself in all of the Justice League press versus the way Henry Cavill handled himself in all the Justice League press. Batman v Superman reviews started to come out and immediately, Ben Affleck is, Meh, I'm not feeling this. He's resigned. He's given, you know, one word interviews. Man of Steel did the same thing. Came out. Nobody liked it. Henry Cavill's still, I'm in this. Let's go. He's he's upbeat. He's given these interviews. And it it showed me the the person that I want to play these characters. Like Chris Evans plays Captain America. He gets what it's like to not only play Captain America in movies, but resemble Captain America. Hasn't he said something to that effect? Like, I can't go around being an asshole because people look at me as if I'm Captain America. So I have to kind of be that person. Henry Cavill said when he was cast as Superman before Man of Steel. And he's lived up to it. He's been fantastic. DC has taken nothing but hit after hit since Man of Steel came out. And Henry Cavill has well, been no, they a had champion a big, for the brand. They they had a big hit with Wonder Woman. Like, they have had success. That Right, but Henry Cavill had nothing to do with that. He wasn't involved in any of the press. Like, you, you understand what I mean. Sort of. No, you do. Like, oh, thank you. All right, let me, let me, <laughs> let me, okay, let me narrow it down. Man of Steel panned. Batman v Superman, panned. Justice League, panned. Henry Cavill has been there as the cheerleader for the brand the entire way. He's never not had a smile on his face. He's never been willing to do interviews. He's never not been upbeat. But Ben Affleck, sad Ben Affleck. And that's what Matt said earlier before we started recording. We need to get Ben Affleck out of out of these movies. Yeah. Get a new Batman. Ben Affleck's not getting it done. For more reason, like, and it's he's not going to get done for more of what he's doing off screen than he is on screen. But you, uh, you don't like him on screen either, apparently. No, I didn't say that. Uh, I but 
he's just not into it. He doesn't, he's not relishing being Batman. And I think that that's ludicrous to me. If you get the chance to be Batman, uh, like in today's age, you know, when they're treating these characters with a lot more respect than like what Joel Schumacher made 20 years ago, I think that, uh, you need to embrace that opportunity and, and ride that wave because it's, it's a very unique and special opportunity to be Batman. And it, it is bigger than just, you know, being the character on screen. Uh, you know, a, a dickhead like, um, Christian, Chris, Christian Bale was even quite gracious as the guy that got to play Batman. And not to say that, that Ben Affleck can't be gracious, but he, he obviously isn't digging it. He's not into it. Um, there's a million people that, that could play Batman. I mean, honestly, like the coolest parts of Batman you can't even tell who's under the the costume, really. Like when he's doing the well, Batman thing. Well, if you're thing. in Gotham City, you can't tell. But if you have eyeballs, <laughs> I feel like if either of you would come up to me as Batman, I would know. Well, it's because Matt has a soul patch and I have a beard. We don't. I think, we don't have nondescript chins. I think that if you took the description off your chin, I'd still be able to tell. Would we talk? Would we be like, hey, what's up, Ian? Oh, we would be like, what's up, Ian? Uh, Would that throw you off? No, I think I would be. But I don't, listen, I don't think Ben Affleck has been bad at all. I think he's been good. I think he's the best Batman that there's ever been put on screen. Uh, And he's definitely. Get him out of here. Fire the bomb. He's definitely been the best Bruce Wayne. But, But you know what? If you're not digging it, if you're not into it, then go. Ian. I do think you need a better ambassador for for um, these movies. And you brought up a little bit ago that I was I'm judging I'm judging on what they're doing off screen compared to just the performance on screen. But and this is this is not me defending my own position. Like I'm just asking in in general. Like can we can we do that? In this day and age, can with, we separate the two? Can we separate the two with with so much media and the way all these movies are promoted and produced? With the the big Marvel, everyone's together, everyone's family and friends, and we're also making Avengers. Like, can we separate the two? Because you get a very distinct vibe from from uh, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, and Jason Momoa. Where two of the three are hyped, they're they're promoting, they're really excited to do this, and one third is bringing the show down, as opposed to a Marvel press junket where everyone is just so happy to be there, so family friendly, so just absolutely excited to be part of this. Maybe like, it's can the atmosphere. we can maybe we separate these things? Maybe it's the company that just makes them feel that refreshed and excited about the brand. I don't know. Um, I think that a lot of people can separate it. I've talked to, I don't think that we sitting here in this basement talking about comics all the time and talking about these movies all the time and being so plugged in to Twitter and the news. We can't do that. But the general public, I think, can. I think a lot of people that are 
even one step below as connected into these stories as we are dismisses all that stuff doesn't know about any of the problems on set doesn't know about doesn't follow the media blitzkrieg that happens before these movies come out they just kind of see a couple of commercials and go see the movie and that's what they base it on and maybe that's i mean maybe that's our problem as how we consume media Matt, what do you think? I agree with that. I agree with that. And lastly, on this whole Avengers versus Justice League thing, Ian, when we were talking before we hit record, you know, like a billion years ago, uh, I I was, you had made the point that, and and I felt like you articulated it in a way that I kind of wasn't able to, I was feeling a certain way, but you, I think you put it into words when you said that the Avengers movie is kind of like a high budget, um, extended episode of, of like the Avengers TV show or what's the show called? Um, shield. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, um, if HBO got their hands on the Marvel property and was able to do, uh, a long episode of television that yeah. had the kind of budget sort of like how Westworld and Game of Thrones have mm-hmm. big budgets mm-hmm. and they can do a lot of stuff. Avengers kind of feels like that, even with some of the way that the episodes like <laughs> the episode, the movie is written and you feel it sort of chug along in a way that a TV episode would be written just if you take a look at the opening the opening scene where some of the good guys get turned bad instantly and and the way that all the things happen when Loki comes and captures the uh the gem and yeah, it just feels I especially like felt, TV. Yeah, the part when Loki is escaping from the base in the back of a pickup truck, just there's just something about it that yeah. doesn't quite feel right about that. It just looked kind of silly. Yeah. Um and this is a movie with costumes all over the place that look silly and not to say that the justice league costumes don't cause they all do. If you stop and think about it, it's a bunch of grown men and women cosplaying. Yeah. I with, mean, we, I was going to say, we know how silly it looks because we go to the comic conventions. We see that shit in real life. Right. Um, but, but I think you did a good job of kind of like explaining really the difference. Cause, uh, on the flip side, I, I do feel like the justice league movie it felt much more cinematic. It was a, a tighter story. Uh, it was more simplified and, um, it's a significantly shorter movie too, probably by about 45 minutes. Um, it's, there's that big of a a difference in like the runtime. So, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I did watch them back to back and I like them both, but man, the justice league movie just gets crapped on and it, it just, it's not fair. And one thing that I have to say, um, I can, like I said, I really like Avengers. I still do. I've watched it recently, and I still think it is a, I still enjoy it more than Justice League. But I can see where you're going with it. Um, Justice League does have an artistic style to the movie that is, it's not even in the same ballpark as what Avengers looks like. Justice League has um, a real keen eye to the cinematography and the yeah, way not, that things are. None of the Marvel movies really have yeah, that level. I, agree. I mean, not many movies have that level of cinematography. And it's the reason why I like it so much. I'm a big fan of like a movie 
a comic book movie feeling like panels coming to life, certain angles, the way things are shot, feel like they're kind of pulled right out of a comic. I think that's really cool and not enough Marvel movies really do that. I think like to maybe butt up against this a little bit, I think Avengers does pull it off in the battle for New York or of New York, whatever they call it. I that moment in all, just just the shot where they pan around the heroes like every single time that kind of gets my my comic blood going. Like, yeah, I love. Yeah, that. it's an iconic. And it, it's and an it iconic feels shot. like something that's kind of pull. It feels like a splash page put in motion. And mm-hmm. um, every time, yeah, I, I really. It's love great. It. it it really is. It they're both great movies. I enjoyed them immensely. But anyway, Paul. Speaking of enjoying immensely, yep. I understand you read Action Comics number 1000. I did. Came out this past Wednesday. On the 80th anniversary of Action Comics number one. So for the listeners who might not know, what happens in Action Comics? Is it all about like fucking, like action, or like what? what is it? I mean, really? Yep, that's what it is. Matt, it's, it's none of that. I was let down. I was like 1,000... 1,000 issues of action. It's, it's the, All right, man. It's I'm the in. first comic book to reach 1,000 issues. Well, that's because of all this renumbering horseshit, right? But, well, no, because everyone reverts to regular numbering when they're like, oh, fuck, we have a milestone coming up, so you better turn Captain America number three into Captain America number 699. Yeah. Yeah, so... Because uh, um, action even reverted back to number one in the new 52 days, right? Now, let me ask you something. This is for both of you guys. Did this number 1,000... Um, well, obviously, they're, they're building to it in the recent issues of Action Comics since Rebirth when they went back to the classic numbering. Did they take the new 52 numbering and add that on to the already existing action comics or did they just pick up right where they left off? I thought they added it. Now I know that's what Marvel does when supposedly I, I question that very much. Wait, what, wait, what was the question? Did DC pick up where they left off when they basically canceled action comics and started the new 52 when they did Rebirth, or did they take what they did in the New 52 and add it on to where they left off with, um, you know, the, the previous DCU, and then when they started Rebirth, add the um, the New 52 issues uh, numbers to it? I don't, I didn't think they canceled Action Comics during they the re- New 52. They renumbered, they renumbered it. Well, they started it at number one. Yeah, so, my so that qu- was essentially like Action Comics 176 or 876 or whatever. They, yeah, the actual book was number one, but just like any, just like DC or Marvel, in the back of their minds, they're like, 
This is really 870. Suckers. We're going to get you to buy this because you think it's a number so one, but it's really issues, in the middle of a thousand year arc. So the new 52 issues count as part of the 1,000 yeah, issues. Uh, of I believe yeah, absolutely. So. That's how absolutely. they got. Yeah, like that's how they got to where they are. And, and it's funny the way Marvel out. does that, right? Like, because Marvel's like, we're going to read, go back to classic numbering. And it's just so happened within like a week of that happening. Captain America 900, uh, or was it 700? 700. Um, Did you read that, Matt? Not yet. I'm going to. Is it good? I want. I I liked it. Yeah. I, I read it. I read it yesterday. Uh, I really liked it, but there were a lot of things about it that I thought you would have liked, and I forgot to bring it up until just now. Okay. I, and then like Amazing Spider-Man uh, 800 comes out next week or in a week or something. Um, Daredevil 600 came out, like all these milestone issues, the, uh, was it Thor 600, all these milestone issues just so happened to be coming out right when, um, right when they decide they're going to renumber, which is hilarious because they've started and stopped those series so many times. I think it's truly impossible to go back and figure out where we are in the chronology. Anyway. We're not here to talk about those comic books. We're here to talk about Action Comics 1000. Paul, tell us a little bit about Action Comics 1000. What What is it? Action Comics is a celebration of Superman. Mm-hmm. It's 10 different stories from 10 of the biggest creative teams that have been on Superman over the last however many years. You go back to what? 10,000 years, right? Uh some Jerry Conway stuff up to this past year with Pete Tomasi and Tim Gleason. Yeah, they have uh, Kurt Swan does a, a joint yeah. in here. And uh, even up to, and the, la- the last story in the book is the, the quick preview for what Brian Michael Bendis is going to be doing when he takes over Superman and Action Comics Who's later Jerry in the year. Qu- Who's uh Jerry Conway? Conway? You mean Ordway? Jerry Ordway, yeah. Is it? That's what I but there is a Jerry Conway that uh, I is think associated it's a, it's with someone comics. else. Is that right? Conway. Um. So question. I meant Jerry Ordway. Yeah. Question. Uh, the Bendis, Jim Lee, little bit at the end. The truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Bendis going to be? Or I mean, is Jim Lee going to be on action? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he, he's going to draw the um, the six issue miniseries. It's going to lead into. Are they re? Okay. Hold on one sec, Paul. Are they relaunching Action Comics at number one? No, it's uh, going to be one thousand and one. Okay, so when that happens, they're going to have the six issue Man of Steel miniseries. Right. It's going to lead into that. Correct. Jim Lee isn't drawing that. Each issue is be going to be drawn by a different artist. Okay. I don't have the six different artists in front of me. I know one of them is going to be Doc Shaner. One will be Ivan Reyes. Jim Lee will be one of them. Um, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. And then is, two others. I think Dan Jurgens and maybe someone else will be number six. Now, it's going to be a weekly series, which is very cool. So that way it's not like, oh, my God, i got to wait six months for them to get back into um – Superman, or it's very cool for DC to be like, "Give me all your fucking money." I don't know, man. Six issues. It's not like eh, I don't know. I I don't know. So you think it's a scam? A little bit, yeah. 
to get. Well, guess what? I don't think we. You don't have to buy it. Guess what? I'm not going to buy it. So what's like? I'm not sitting here being like, God damn it, DC, you're taking all of my money. I didn't say that. I just said, eh. I don't think it's all that cool that they're doing it that way. So you'd rather them do do monthly? I'd rather just stretch it out. Just do it monthly. Just do it like just go right into one thousand one. Have been all the time. Like that's just the routine and habit that we're all in. And right, I'll just do it that. It's way. like there's a special event because there's a new writer on the book, which is a little insulting. It just feels rushed and and like bullshit to me. Wait, wait, how's it rushed? To uh, pump a book out every week always feels like a gimmick to me. Yeah, but it's got a different artist each week. I don't care, though. It still feels like a gimmick. Okay. That's just me. I'm not buying it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't... I'm not sure I see that as a gimmick. Like, a foil stamp cover is a gimmick. Um, the because it's it's no because Man of Steel is going to be quality was it was still a gimmick fifty two weeks of comics because Man of Steel is going to be its own event that's the gimmicky part of it it's going to be its own event there's no reason Bendis can't roll out Man of Steel in the first six issues of Action Comics right that he's writing now ho- right. hold on yeah. one second and keep it I'm, in, I'm on board for that like yeah just keep it in the regular book like there's right. no need to make extra issues like if you want to use six different artists that's cool i'm in for all those artists they're they're awesome that sounds fun but just do it within the housing of the proper title what if that was weekly um i also wouldn't like that but i'd like it more yeah where do you draw the line at at weekly like bi-weekly is cool i don't even like bi-weekly even whenever they did it with the great todd mcfarlane who could crank out the fucking comic pages back in the day like no other I didn't like no it. No matter what the quality looked we like. Hear, it was good. You just hated it. <laughs> we here at the Mixed Comic Book Podcast, we like monthly comic books. Is that is that yeah, fair? Yeah, we like to be regular. Regular. We, we, we like, like our comics with a side of fiber. We like our comics like we like our shits. <laughs> 8.30 a.m. every day. <laughs> right, guys? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Man of Steel. Just, just where I would put my shits too, right in the toilet. Isn't there like steel cut oats? That yeah, makes there you are. regular. Yeah, yeah steel cut. Like, man of uh, steel, man of steel cut oats. <laughs> so why, why don't we? Why don't we get into the actual book that we bought and we read? Some of us at gunpoint. Some of us like about an hour ago. Let me, let me, let me get this off my chest. Victory Brewing's Vital IPA is fucking gross. Like this might this might be the first time you hear live vomit on the fucking show. You don't like IPAs. Why are you drinking it? Because you know you I don't. signed up for a fucking spring beer fest and I was hoping it was going to be spring and it was going to be light and friendly and f- like spring beers and these two beers tonight. Holy shit. Who you, the fuck likes this garbage? IPAs are really good. Oh. You know you don't like them, but Ugh. you chose to drink them on the podcast God. and fucking complain about. I want I want them out of the house. So let's talk about Action Comics. Action Comics, number 1,000, is not part of a grander story. It's essentially um, nine Superman stories. Just quick quick Superman stories by different Superman artists and writers over the years. Plus, Did we all know this going in? I knew that going in. Matt? Um, I Yeah, I guess I did, but I don't know if I... 
expected it to be executed the way that it was. I, I for some reason, I guess I thought they would be more expansive. Uh, it maybe, sounded like you guys were really disappointed by this. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I expected ten different stories. I knew there would be multiple stories, but maybe not quite such quick hitting stories. It felt to me like they said, give us some sappy shit about Superman. How do you feel about Superman? And give us the sappiest story that you can. And we got we got a bunch of those. And that's, that's what I read time Sap and time City. again. Especially the Dust Bowl, Dust, <laughs> Dust Bowl, The Car by Jeff Johns. Richard Donner, of course, Richard Donner. I didn't even read that. And uh, Oliver Koipel, art's fucking awesome. Holy shit, was this sappy? Hated that one. Hated it. Uh, about a, I guess he's a he's a, a lowly dirtbag thief back in the fucking thirties, and really reflecting on his life and how he's. No, Superman's not a dirtbag thief in the thirties. No, no, no. I didn't say Superman was. You. Right. The way the way you said it sounded like you meant Superman. There is a dirt There's bag a cr- thief. Right. Superman comes down and basically is like, think about your life, son. And at the end, the thief then spreads joy by opening up a uh, fire hydrant and spritzing all the children and bringing <laughs> bringing uh, wonderment and, and, and refreshment to the to the children after a life gone bad. After Superman scolded him, get the fuck out of the city. So fucking stupid. Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, but like I, I, I think that was part of the plan for this book. Was like a, a combo. Get the get classic Superman creators on this book and have them write stories, but they need to write sentimental Superman stories. Yeah. Yeah. There also is the, the John Cassidy poorly illustrated. You didn't has like he, that one? Has no, he completely oh, I lost hated his that touch one. or what? Brad Meltzer, John Cassidy, two of my favorite creators just mailed this joint in. So I, I did not like all this right, at so all. So, the, um, I think that was, is that called the bullet? Uh, that, that, I believe so. It's real. It's faster, uh, faster than, than a speeding bullet. bullet. It's, it's real fucking quick. It's one, two, it's, it's faster than a speeding bullet. You know, it, it's four pages. I think John Cassidy absolutely melded in the last image of Superman. You get kind of hydrocephalic. Superman. It is a stick figure. Uh, <laughs> It but looks the, like it looks like the Han Solo action figure it, it does. dressed as Superman. But I yeah. like I like the story. I like seeing the the getting down to the microscopic level of where Superman's powers are. He knows how fast he's going. How he can use his X-ray vision. He sees like where the bullets at in the chamber of the gun. In theory, I like I like this story. I like seeing the you know, the minuscule process of his thinking as he's flying in trying to save, save this woman. Um, but it kind of ended, it kind of ended kind of corny because he's like, oh, hey, you're not a damsel in distress because it's 2018 and no damsel is ever in distress anymore. 
but I I like the I like the breakdown of where Superman's at in his head when he's going for just something simple like someone's holding someone else to gunpoint. But yeah, like this is not proper John Cassidy, but is what, what is what pos- is there a proper John Cassidy to not these days? do his like really top-notch work on Superman 1000? It was four pages, my man. You can tell, you can look at Here's, some of these pages and you can see the colorist like working it to try to make this look better. Maybe he's not as good anymore. Maybe. I because mean, did you see the John Romita Jr. pin up in this Oh, book? that shit is bananas bad. Oh, it's terrible. Me and Matt were just talking about it. It's the skinniest, like, like wettest uh, being electrocuted <laughs> Superman on the face of the planet. Like, I what is going on? I don't understand why he's being electrocuted. Is he summoning the lightning? Well, Matt is was he, saying this is a Is new he being power. electrocuted? Aren't these his newfound new powers? powers? No. Oh, no. That's, that's even those worse Those were the now. powers that were introduced when John Romita Jr. was drawing the book. So he's like that's on... That's why they're in his pinup. He's like no, cresting on top it. of a... Like, like he looks like he's on the beach or something, and he's being electrocuted. And I don't know if that's like joy or ecstasy in his fucking face. Like, it's terrible. It's terrible. I, I hate it so I bad. Forget, yeah, I forget what... Like, I... I guess, like, I forget what those fucking powers were called. It was like, um, he is, he's essentially like a, a nuclear bomb. He can just, like, expend all of the power out of himself. Mm. And then he's Clark Kent with no powers for, like, a week. But this doesn't, Okay. this doesn't say that. This says, oh, <laughs> this is Grant Morrison, late 90s, blue Electronic Superman. Look Plus that, that skin, that, that skinniness. skinny, skinny thigh. Like get up, the I don't, fuck out of here. Like I was. I don't mind that so much. I was I excited when Jr. Jr. came to DC, and now I wish it just fucking go back. Yeah, he's. I was saying to Matt before we turn the mics on. I don't think Jr. Jr. can draw DC characters. They all look like shit. Uh, no, but I, I but, think it's okay. I just I hate the head, and I don't understand the lightning. And the cape is kind of weird, There's too. no way you can approve of that right knee. His right knee or the right on the right side? Either Superman's, knee. Both uh, knees are bad. Superman's right knee. He's got some bad knees. The one that looks like this is Plastic Man, <laughs> not Superman. <coughs> yeah, that right knee needs a little work. And this and he, is why I'm questioning John Cassidy, because I know what John Romita Jr. was capable of, he doesn't seem to be capable of it anymore. Same with Neil Adams. Neil Adams yep. in the seventies. Oh my God, gorgeous artwork. But it's have him draw something for you in, today. Yeah, it's, and it's decades off. in between that. You know? Right, but maybe like, this Romita is Junior. Okay, I know, but maybe maybe this is where John where where John Cassidy's prowess is just. This is the decline. And the thing that makes this Ramita Jr. artwork so bad is because on the page right before it is some fucking great shit by Patrick Gleason. His that this story by Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason is my favorite story. It's well drawn. It's mine too. It's well thought out. It's a good story. It's it is sap, but it's the right kind of sap. And it really hits all of the 
milestone mo- milestone moments that Superman has had. And this picture right here, the happy birthday moment with the current version of Superman and Lois Lane and John, uh, like it's that's what Superman looks like. I didn't think I would ever approve of Superman having a child, but I do because pizza mat. Same with same thing with Damian Wayne. I didn't think I would ever approve of Bruce Wayne having a kid, and I didn't when Bat when Grant Morrison created him. But when Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason took over Batman and Robin, it made complete sense. It was perfect. So hold, hold on one sec. Let's back up. Ian, you think that this looks great? This I this do think that looks splash great. page where Superman is popping out of the fucking cake. You like that? Yeah, I think it. it I look at look at the face, Matt. Look at the actual illustration. Like, sure, uh, like uh, a okay. little a little bit of that perspective is a little bit jacked, but it looks it's a it's a well illustrated piece. It's really, it really not. Is. The perspective is totally wonky because. We're looking up at the fucking cake, and then somehow we're looking directly head on at Superman. You, you don't think that that Superman head is great, Matt? I don't want to hear you no. argue perspective because just last week you said Frank Cho stinks because he's not dynamic enough. This page may not be mathematically correct, but it dynamically gets the point across. That should be in your wheelhouse for what you want from artwork. This. Yeah, this page. I'm on you, it. You think it's dynamic? No, but um, I'm saying you're, you, last, only last week, seven days ago, you were willing to That's forego what, uh, proper anatomy for dynamism. So you can't let this go because now you're arguing the perspective? Well, I would say that neither the perspective or the dynamism is good in that panel. I, th- well, I think I think that page sucks. I don't want a dynamic panel. It's it, three people sitting around a birthday cake. And a dog. I I think it sucks. But um, I, I think you understand the point that I'm making. No, I don't understand the point you're making. You're willing to forgo proper anatomy for dynamism. No, no. That's what you said that last week that when, isn't... When, you, when you said Frank Cho... Is not a good artist because he his his artwork <laughs> is that is, what I said. It Paul? is stiff. That's not what I said. I, no, it's you not. You didn't say he's a he's not a good artist, but you did say it, now his you're work, catching on. His work is stiff. I said he has limitations. Some of his action looks posed. I said I wish it had some more movement to it. I don't think he's perfect. Is How much what movement I said. do you want in three people sitting around a birthday cake? You're not going to get movement in a panel. I'm just like arguing. That. I thought that that either you or Sharply argued that this is somehow dynamic because you're you're accusing me of only liking dynamic art and foregoing uh, perspective and anatomy and fundamentals right. like that. That's my point. If you're willing to then forego, if you're willing to forego, I'm not. Anatomy in I'm favor. Not, I'm not. Is this a page out of my book, the interruption playbook? I'm just, I'm just cutting you off there because I'm not foregoing those things. Okay. Well, cut me off at the end because what you're absolutely doing right now is because last week you were you weren't you weren't letting you weren't letting Frank Cho's static artwork allowed. You weren't allowing that because it wasn't dynamic enough. So 
can you, can you, you clarify you what let, you mean by I won't allow it? What is you you prefer dynamism and movement over proper anatomy? I do. That is true. So if you can let that go, why can't you just be okay with this panel? What what? Okay, so explain. Okay, what page is this? Because people are gonna want to fucking know what we're talking about. It's the last page. Of, it, there are none no of page them are numbers. numbers. It's the last page of the Tomasi Gleason. It, it's the one that has all of the credits and everything. It's, you it's can argue page, that this is right. It's the page that looks like shit, right? It's no, that's, that's the so John Romita Jr. page. Yeah. Just open yeah. it up and you have a look, spread look for, of shit. For, it's like somebody took a piece of poop and closed the book. Look for, I look for a Superman-esque twink getting hit by fucking lightning. <laughs> and on the opposite page, the it's, good artwork Matt, is the stuff that Matt's It's beyond me that you're willing to allow bad anatomy, but... It can not, be argued like, that this, I mean, this is page worm's isn't, eye view. This isn't the best comic book page ever, but it's, it's fine. But it's, you're willing fine, to allow bad anatomy if something's... If if something has movement, but you can't. Uh, general, but you can't. Let generally this go. speaking, generally speaking, yeah, I I can forgive anatomy and perspective and things like that if it has the right amount of like energy to it because I think that's what comic books, especially superhero comic books, really need to be first and foremost. If it's going to be like anatomy needs to be super tight. Above all else, then I, I need to look at like technical journals or something like that aren't comics, um, or anyone else that didn't get their start in the nineties. Th- now you're being unfair. That's fair. It's really not. It's fair. I mean, okay, okay, smart guy. What about um, Dan Jurgens? Right. So, well, I guess that was the nineties, but it was early nineties. <laughs> know i like i don't have a problem with this dan jurgen stuff like i think it's actually kind of like it reminds me of an era of superman that i read and i thought it was kind of cool and i was like oh are we gonna get a whole story with this this artwork cool i'll, yeah, I'll like, be into I mean, that dan, there's nothing wrong with dan, dan jurgen is is the most basic sterile storytelling and artwork for superman can i say like, this there's though? nothing there's nothing incendiary about it you know, there's nothing exciting about it. It's just a Superman. It's like story. stock Superman right. stuff. Like this and, and Superman's if, on your birthday cake. Right. Nothing wrong with that. What's up with Lois Lane's hair color? And why? why is it brown and not black? <laughs> it's oh. red in the fucking movie, so right. Who cares? I, I, and I no, I know, <laughs> I know. It, and that, and I'm okay with it in the movies, but I'm nitpicking it here, where I was like, what the fuck. T- somebody tell this asshole hi-fi, whatever your fucking name is, to color it black. Am I wrong? So I feel like I'm right. Uh, you know what? I've seen it both. I mean, like, really? wait. Yeah, if you go back to, like, the death of Superman, it was brown okay. then. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't, okay. this isn't crazy. I mean, it, it, it took me out of it. I was like, who's this bitch? I'll tell you what I do like. <laughs> Who's this kid? This mouthy through, fucking. Oh, it's his kid. What I do like through the majority of Superman comics is that they give Lois purple eyes. Well, that's weird. Why? It is. It's super. <laughs> it's super fucking goofy. Why would they? And do- it's purely a Superman thing, but or it's it's purely a, a comic book thing. Wait, yeah. The, no, they're brown. At least in the Dan Jurgens. Not in one. this panel, Sunny Jim. I think it's really close, but no, a lot those of the are time, brown, buddy. No, not no, in this panel. They're purple, dude. Because we have her brown ass hair to compare and contrast. Right. It's I, it's close. It's if, not. A, it's not. I'm, brown, I'm colorblind. One. 
it's not a blatant purple, but uh, I'm not looking at the same one. We can are. get out any action comics in those long boxes over there, and they're purple. And I appreciate this has to be it's riveting. like DC. DC doesn't give a shit about color for a lot of the time, but one thing they usually get right are Lois having purple eyes, which is kind of weird, Why? but kind of a nice comic okay, book, so a unique comic book quirk. Listen, listen. You you're telling me Lois Lane's eyes are purple in the last page of the Dan Jurgens story. It's the panel on the far right. Um, it's where she says, "Your father is the most understanding man I've ever met, John." You tell me those are purple eyes. What about the black woman in the panel above? Are her eyes fucking purple they're too? Brown, they're brown, just like they're her skin. Dude. They're the exact same fucking they're color the as the eyes color. on Lois you're Lane. Blind. They're not the same color. Perry White's eyes are the same color as the black woman's eyes. Those are not the same color as Lois Lane's eyes. They're just not. They are not. I, you no, know, Matt, they, the panel I'm talking about is it's for them. It's everything. It's why they want to see you. Oh yeah, they are purple. Are you are you doing a bit? Are you? Are you <laughs> <laughs> because if you are, this is the funniest thing that you've ever done. <laughs> no, no, I I shine. I it's kind of dark in here. I put my light on it, and yeah, they're in they're fairness. Purple. In fairness, Matt. Only a psychopath like Paul would know this. Like, because because I read Superman comics all the time, and I'm not I'm not saying it. I'm not saying this is something DC never fucks up on. Yeah, like colorists fuck up on shit all the time, but it's something that DC normally gets right in the comics. They is there kind any of make, kind of explanation behind Lois's this? eyes? Purple. I think it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking bananas because purple eyes are not real. No, but. All right, they, they do it. Paul, did you like any of the stories in this? Uh, yeah, I thought the initial Dan Jurgens story was standard Superman cuteness. I love the Tomasi Gleason uh story. It's like it's what it's like eight pages of all splash, splash pages. pages taking you through the entire Superman history. It's like one splash page yeah, right. for each big event. Including a mashup of the Superman the movie and animated series, which I absolutely love. Uh, Doug Monkey also did a couple pages in that. I love that run. I wish they were gonna stay on it. I love it so much, but they're they have to relinquish the reins to uh, Bendis. The Kurt Swan story was. Uh, I thought that that um the uh, what's his name. What is his Olivier Coipel? No, no, no. The the Tomasi story was uh, a super. It, well, Tomasi wrote it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was it was a Superman story for Superman fans because there's really not much context to really any of it. So if you don't know that stuff, you're just like, what the fuck am I reading? But in yeah. a way, like I thought that worked because it cut to the heart of who Superman is for. Like you said, Matt, for fans, it's I don't a, need all it, of the. And it's it's wild, right? But like, I I think if if you and I are casual Superman fans, Ian, Paul, you're a hardcore fan. If somebody's coming in, if this is their first Superman comic, this is gonna make no sense to them at all. Uh yeah, um, yes and no. Like I I think it works and. If if you're just reading the if you're just reading the dialogue for it, it's 
a monologue by Superman, taking mm-hmm. you through what all he's been through, the hardships he's has he's had to face, which relates to what matters to him most. And he takes you through his whole history, and by the time you get to the end, what matters most is family. And it's a saccharine sweet story, just like everything else, except the Bendis story in this book. But it it works. This is absolutely not the first Superman book I would give anybody. And I guess in a way, like saccharine it, sweet, like but that's not what is it's for. exactly what Superman is and what a lot of people really like about the character. But this book so, isn't, hey, jump on here. No, like, it's this, not. Is, this is this is pure like celebration of eighty years of what this character is. So a lot of the stories like Faster Than a Speeding Bullet, the you know, nineteen thirties Dust know, Bowl scumbag, Dust we'll Bowl call scumbag. it. Yeah, like, I mean, that stuff, but how fucking great was that illustrated? Olivier Coipel was so fucking That shit good. was awesome. It was uh, great. So I, I was know, having a hard time hating the story and loving the art at the same time. I thought the Scott Snyder story was fucking stupid. The Which Lex one is Luther that? One? Is it the, yeah, it's yeah. where Lex is at the Smallville, uh, what the fuck do they call the astronomy place? Observatory. The observatory. The observatory. Yeah, and Superman's the like, what are you doing here? Place. You're a scumbag. And Lex is like, we shared good times here. And this is what made, meant the most to me as a kid. And it was just, it didn't make sense in the context of where they're at in the present of their relationship. But the story that followed it, the Tom, Tom King, King Clay, Clay Man. Man story, illustrated great. I thought it was bizarre because it takes you like a billion years in the future where they found out they figured out how to keep people alive a billion years after the earth is dead. But like, I like that. I like the idea that I don't, I don't know what the fucking number is. Where, where's the number of how, how long they've been alive since uh, Superman. I don't know. It's been a bazillion years. Superman's been alive. Like a thousand, the Superman, same amount of time as we started this podcast a billion years ago, Superman, Lois, John, they've been alive like a thousand years past the extinction of earth and superman still flies back to smallville on earth to pay respects to his parents which is now a smoldering volcano ridden uh, yeah, hellscape it's, it's, it's mar it's mars at four this billion years four right four billion that's what it says so you i so was you, underselling it with four thousand four billion years so you like this i fucking hated this story it's tom king what do you expect the guy sucks i i don't yeah i don't like tom king's writing but i liked the sentiment of this story that that superman still honors his parents he still honors where he comes from and that many years later he still comes back to a completely inhospitable planet to pay his respects like i love that about Tom King Superman. I think it's bananas, but I, I like that sentiment and the, the artwork from Clayman. Clayman is an underrated artist these days. And then you get to the final story with Bendis and Jim Lee, and it's like Jim Lee, same faces for three panels, and Brian Michael oh, Bendis writing, come on. See, writing I don't quips, think that the- quips and jokes in every character's mouth. <laughs> I thought that the artwork was actually pretty good. I'm a Jim Lee fan. I liked it all. I thought it was a solid job by Jim Lee. I don't know that Supergirl where she's where she's punching um uh the fucking sad faced 
Doomsday. Yeah, where, where his name is uh, Rogal Czar. God damn it. Bendis. Or or as I like to call him, Hair, hair Lip Czar. Yeah, so okay, so she's punching him and zapping him. Right, you don't like that? that? I like that. Look at her face in that in that <laughs> in her hair. I don't know. It's a. I think you it's don't a like rough that. One. I don't know. I. I, I it's fine. Wait, it's wait, fine. Wait. I don't I, dislike I, it. But I. Are we talking about this battle, Matt? Which one, Ian? Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah. You you don't uh, like that? Mm, I think she looks a little weird yeah, in that it. Is really weird. I don't know. I think overall, though, it's it's a great action. Um, I think it looks great. I especially like when the. The two girls are trying to carry Superman. Like, geez, this guy is heavy. Um, it kind of like adds almost like a, like, oh yeah, I guess I never really thought of that. I bet he is heavy as. Hell. He'd be so heavy, he'd break these fucking stick women's arms um, off. Like, right. What are we doing, Jim Lee? Now, uh, my favorite panel is the one where Superman gets hit, and he's able to stop himself right in front of the the piece of glass. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know how they were able to that do what, that. Is that what happens? Yeah, that yeah. is what happens. He stops himself right before he smashes through. And um, are you? Are we really hating this art, Paul? Um, I think this is a. This is definitely the best story. No, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just busting Jim Lee's balls because he draws the same faces on everyone. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't Meanwhile, think it's stopped, like the best art in the book. Yeah, and we're sitting here shitting on himself. it. Uh, who who yeah, stopped him then? I, I, I feel don't know. like he did. I thought that was part of the mystery of the story Bendis is setting up. No, he stops himself. Wait, because doesn't he say, er, stop, and then yeah. he stops? So now he has um, command powers, much like uh, a uh, like a Google home yeah, system. Right. <laughs> like yeah, right. Like I, I, it didn't, it didn't Alexis, really... stop. Alexis, stop. <laughs> it didn't really make sense to me that... I mean, like... Lois, stop. Hearing... Stop jerking my dick. Hearing you guys ex- like say that now and looking at it, I'm like, yeah, I guess that's what happened. But when I read it, I thought that like I, I wasn't sure what stopped him or why he stopped. It wasn't really clear for me in the story. But yeah, like 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 Jim Lee's art's good. I think it's good. It is. It is good. And what's what's funny about this story is that even though the the I think that the title page is in the beginning of it, right? Yeah, it's the truth, right? Um, I didn't read it. I just jumped right into the story. Because it's fucking action. Yeah, like going from one panel to the other, I, I totally skipped over the, the titles. And then it gets to the point where they're talking about um, before Superman wakes up and they're talking about his underwear and like someone, he's looking at his eyes and I'm not looking at his eyes. And I'm, oh, he's wearing the shorts again. And I was like, "This is," I was like, "This sounds really weird." Because it's and then I was and then Bendis. I got to a few panels later, and I was like, "Oh, that's because this is the way this Superman is, will be written this for is the Bendis. near future." Well, here's the thing: one, you know, the hero of this entire book is the fact that Superman's back in his normal ass goddamn costume with the shorts and the belt and the fucking everything. Yeah, Thank how many God. how many times though did Bendis have to talk about the underwear? It was like it was classic Bendis beat it to death. To death. But are you saying like he, in interviews he No, in the in the story it's like meta You didn't to like death. that? The first mention of it was fine. The 17th, 
I was like, okay, we get it, Bendis. Right. And it got to a point where I was like, this is, this sounds weird. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's why. It's Bendis. But he wrote Superman. All of Superman's dialogue sounds like Superman dialogue. Superman's not like, that's right, ladies, I'm wearing these underpants again. Don't <laughs> look at my these... big dick because they're under these underpants. Same thing. <laughs> is that how Bendis writes or is that how <laughs> that's, you write? That's right, ladies. I'm wearing these underpants I feel again. Like, I feel like that's a Paul McGinty on that's Superman. That's how I write my Superman Bendis fanfic. Ian, did you, did you like any of the stories in this book? Yeah, I, I liked a couple of them. Like I mentioned, I like the Dan Jurgens one. I like the Patrick Gleason one. And I did... I like the Bendis uh, Jim Lee finale, but other than that, didn't didn't love this book. Didn't go in knowing that it was going to be a uh, celebration. I thought it was going to be a straight issue. Um, that said, after I got the that gist sucks of, because I've gone in issues like that yeah. not knowing what they're about, and it it ruins the experience. And I'm not a regular Superman reader as we've been talking about. I haven't like, read Superman like when I like, went into McFarlane's first Spider Man book and I thought it was going to be good. <laughs> Look at Shocker. that. Shocker. Dirty shot by a dirty guy. Um, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Will I be interested in uh, the new action comics? If it was Jim Lee and Bendis, maybe. I mean, I'm a little bit interested. Mm -hmm. uh, this fucking snarl face. I don't know who's Doomsday stabbed, uh, stabbed Superman right through the chest. So, you know, maybe. I, I thought the last story was actually pretty good. It was like, to me, it felt like classic comic books um and uh and, and i liked it i'm i was kind of surprised that i enjoyed it as much as i did uh i thought the whole book was kind of hit and miss like i felt like every enjoyable story then there was kind of a crappy one to follow uh the dan jurgens one i thought was good sorry paul i thought the the tomasi one sucked um i liked i didn't like the enemy within the one with the um who did this artwork? Is that Kurt Swan? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, Kurt Swan, and Butch Juice. I, you know what I hate when Butch people's juice names are juice. When people's last names are juice, I fucking hate no them. one's last name. I should I be think, juice. I for what this is, juice. I think the uh, the Oliver Matt McCoy juice. I think is the, anyone Oliver, happy about that? No I think the Oliver Koipel, the car story, didn't even need dialogue, to be honest with you. Like, I think he does such a good job of telling the story with uh, with the visuals. Um, I love the the panel where the, the guy looks up, he sees a bird, and then he, in the next one he sees the plane, and then he sees Superman. I I think it's great. And I know it's kind of cheeseball, but the art is so good and seeing him drawn as like a classic superman you know what it's it's probably my favorite story in the whole book um i love the art matt i love the i honestly like the time period i think it's kind of cool yeah to throw it back like that i would be into stories like that but i thought it was just just so kind of like <sighs> Over the top is not the word that I'm looking for, but it just really hammered home like the the like I'm 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 the best guy and you should really think about your life and that Superman can can straighten out a criminal just by his 
harsh words. I'm like, get the <laughs> fuck. They out weren't of here. even harsh words. They were kind words. I, I I don't like that shit. I actually liked that. I was like, that's what like sets Superman apart from all the other superheroes. Like, there's there's a level of humanity to him that is so unique because he's not even like a human. It's I, I think that that's like part of what makes him him. And it, but, it and it also alludes to the idea that even criminals hold him in high esteem. Mm-hmm. That if Superman comes to you and on multiple occasions is like, hey man, let's let's get it together. Like it's gonna sink in. Maybe Unlike Deadpool being a- like, eat a chimichonger, I'm gonna suck your dick and shoot you in the nuts. <laughs> I thought the um I can see the appeal. It doesn't register for me. I thought the Jerry Ordway story was kinda cool. Like it kind of remind me of like an Astro City comic. Which one was that? The five minutes one where it like showed Superman's like, I love my jobs. Like as both Superman and Clark Kent. Um, I thought the the Mr. Mixelplick or however you say his name was was a a really out of place story. I thought it was the most out of place in the entire book. Mr. Mixius Pitlick goes Mixius Pitlick goes on the list of Characters I never ever want to see again in a DC comic book, with all of the new gods except Darkseid and uh, Mister Miracle and Lashina because she's sexy. I think the but, yeah, yeah. Mixius Pitlick terrible. Just stop, stop using stop. him. Stop it. Yeah, stop it. I, I'm so upset that it's Paul Dini that wrote that story. Yeah, because it was Paul it was Dini crap. is in such high comic book esteem after the animated series that was a various long time amazing ago. comic books that he's written like stop stop writing stop writing let me tell you something the animated series was a long time ago and the first two seasons are better than the second two seasons so just putting it into perspective uh the the john cassidy story um that art is so bad i don't think he should be allowed to draw comic books anymore <laughs> I love the story though. I don't think I that really he should love be the able story. to mail it in because I feel like he's still good. Were his Star Wars when he did Star Wars uh, well, a couple years ago? Good. Were they? I thought they were. Maybe they weren't. I don't know, man. We Maybe might have would, to go back and revisit. Sometimes, it. like it, you know, you it takes being removed from an artist for a while to realize that they never were that good to begin with. Yeah. Um, oh, see, I wouldn't say that because I recently re- read the full. Um, run of Planetary. Oh, that yeah, was man. really good, and Astonishing X-Men is awesome. That's yeah. his peak. The um, Joss Whedon written Avengers yeah. own. <laughs> That's called coming full circle there, Paul. That's true. That's how we do it tonight. So, I think we had a mixed bag for Action Comics 1000. Um, I think my favorite story may have been Faster Than a Speeding Bullet. I know John Cassidy's artwork was lacking but I like the idea of the story if you like it you like it I like the I like the you know the micro level that Brad Meltzer was able to to get down on the writing Um, and I knew going in that it was just a celebration I didn't think it was going to be like a billion pages of one singular story to make Ian specifically love Superman again 
I knew what it was going to be, so I didn't come out disappointed. That's going to do it for us tonight. My name is Satisfied Paul McGinty. Ian. Super sad. Sharply. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time. Welcome to episode blah blah blah. Sorry. Welcome to episode 237 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Do you want to go again? I want to go again.